Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. We are launching, last time I was here we talked about um, the, the year-long series of the three journeys, the inward journey, the upward journey, and the outward journey. And this is really going to be our theme uh, for the the year, and, and we're starting off with the, uh, uh, the inward journey, <clears throat> and um, uh, going to be talking about that, and then kind of exploring the process of spiritual growth uh, through these three different uh, ways of looking at it, all right? And like uh, Israel said, I'm kind of winging it. I don't have uh, a honed notes like I normally do, and I don't have any slides. It's the only slide I have today. <laughs> so you guys are going to be your, your lab rats th- this morning, <laughs> and I'm going to be trying out something new on you. So bear with me, and I, I'm hoping it'll go well. If you uh, were at the Saturday, I think they did it on Saturday, um, uh, the illustration I'm going to use of the uh, uh, when how many were there when they had the five people come up, <clears throat> all right, and so and then apparently he uh, Dan Slade did that here when he spoke uh, early last year at one point, but um, uh, Mark said that it was like 15 minutes into the talk, and <laughs> so I don't even know if you remember it, but it, and it was like an abbreviated version. I'm actually going to do an expanded version of that illustration. Because it's something, uh, I first saw uh, Alan Smith uh, do the illustration about a year ago, but this idea I've been thinking and studying for quite a long time. I'll get to what that is. Um, first, I'm going to read a scripture, talk a little bit about it. <clears throat> um, so the three journeys, the, the inward journey is, is getting to know yourself, and the, the journey of self-discovery, and that's an important part of, of uh, spiritual growth. Um, the upward journey is getting to know God, and obviously that is an important part of spiritual growth, uh, growing in our understanding, our relationship with God. And, and the outward is getting to know others, all right, and reaching out to, um, to the world, to family members, to our community. And there's many, many aspects of, uh, in each of those three. <clears throat> uh, and you don't necessarily, like, uh, you know, why are we doing the inward one first and not the upward one or the outward one? The, they really are overlapping journeys, okay? Uh, they all happen uh, simultaneously or concurrently. And uh, you may shift from one to the other during a, even within a, the course of a day, or certainly you'll, you'll uh, be focused on one for a season more than another, <clears throat> But in really, in some way, every day, we're either advancing, we're stalled, or we're falling behind in these three, uh, in one of these three journeys. And of course, the goal uh, the, through this year is to help us as Christians and as a church to learn how to be advancing in, in all three aspects of spiritual growth. So the real theme of the year is spiritual growth, and we're using this illustration as a metaphor of the three journeys to talk about uh, spiritual growth. <clears throat> All right. Uh, <laughs> I like there's a story in, uh, um, 
in the Gospels where uh, a, a man brings his, I think it was his son, who was had a demon, and, and uh, the boy would uh, go into tremors and, and throw himself into the fire. Remember that story? And um, <clears throat> Jesus said, well, all things are, believe, are possible for those who believe. And the guy's response is, I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. And so that's a good example of this inward journey. And that he had a measure of faith, he believed, but he needed help growing in his inward journey. In his, you know, he knew he needed more, and he had to plead to the Lord to help him. And of course, Jesus was gracious, uh, and he did. <clears throat> and of course, the inward journey um, that we're going to be talking through this next couple of months is allowing God to go deeper. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Says God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You're talking about the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? So there's a Spirit within a man, and, and that Spirit goes to the deepest part of that person. And it goes on, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And so there's this interaction here between our spirit and God's spirit that leads us into receiving and knowing more of the things of God. <clears throat> All right. So let's let's walk through one verse. I'm going to kind of teach through one verse, and then I'm going to talk through this illustration. And hopefully, we'll have time for some questions. So if you have any questions, jot them down so you can ask me. Because there's nothing worse than saying, "Are there any questions?" Nobody asks any. <laughs> and then I'll ask you questions. <clears throat> All right, so the verse is 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I don't have it on the slide. Um, so if you want to turn to it in your Bible or on your phone, you can do that. Um, 5.23, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Just one little short verse, but it's just packed with some truth. Uh, and it's kind of near the end, and a lot of people read this like, oh, he's just closing. It's a nice thing to say at the end of, the, of, of a letter. But that's the, this is the Word of God, right? And so every sentence, every word in the Word of God has power, has truth, has something in it for us. And, and, and Paul, writing to a church uh, the Thess in Thessalonia, uh, Thessalonica, <clears throat> says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Amplified, we'll read this in the in the, the extended version, <laughs> the Amplified, um, says, and may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, and that means to separate you from profane things, make you pure and wholly consecrated to God, and may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved, sound and complete, and found blameless, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. You really see it in that one, is that there's this process of sanctification so that by the time Jesus comes, we're found blameless. Wow. 
How many are there yet? Right? Where are you in that process? What's that? Our spirits blame us. Well, we're going to be talking about that particularly, as a matter of fact. Uh, the message puts it this way. Uh, may God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. And so scripture there talks about the spirit, but it also talks about our soul, and it talks about our body, and it teaches us that God himself, there's a few times in scripture where it'll say God, God himself, you know, says this or does this. So it's like, you know, God can do something and often he uses other people to do it. All right. But when, when, when it's like, <clears throat> like if you, that, that, the phraseology, if you say, you know, if I said, uh, Luke, Luke himself went and took care of this. It's like he really took ownership of it. Right? And so this is a process that God really takes ownership. The Bible says that God himself is personally involved in this process, and it's the process of sanctification. All right? God, the God of peace himself sanctify you. Uh, this teaches us a couple of things. Not only is it God himself that's doing it, that he's personally involved, but you know what? It's not you doing it. You can't sanctify yourself, all right? If your car breaks down, the car is not going to fix itself, right? No matter how much you yell at it or kick it. <laughs> uh, and our, uh, now we are people, so we are involved in much of the process of sanctification, but it's something that God actually accomplishes in, in us. And he, it says, he who calls you, the next verse, is faithful who will also do it. And so the process of sanctification, of becoming made whole in body, soul, and spirit is something that's based on God's faithfulness and not your faithfulness. And I don't know about you, but that really blesses me. <laughs> right? It's not how faithful you... Say, it's not how faithful I am. It's how faithful God is. Now, does that make you feel more hopeful? Yeah, because I let myself down all the time. Right? But it's not dependent on me. It's dependent on Him. Uh, the Bible says that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all iniquity. All right? That's in First John. And I love that. Because it doesn't say if we confess our sins and we're faithful. No, it just says if we confess our sins, He is faithful. Our forgiveness is obtained through Christ's faithfulness, not our faithfulness. Wow! All I have to do is confess it. Agree. God, I blew it. I blew it again. He's faithful to forgive us, but also to cleanse us. And sanctification is that process of cleansing. Uh, uh, and removing that. It's the inward journey. The inward journey is really all about sanctification. Sanctification, the word there means to be, uh, to make, be made holy, to be separated from profane things. That's what it says in, in the, in the Amplified, as I read it already. To be dedicated to God. 
all right? Dedicated to God. Like this building, when we first came in here, we had a service, and we dedicated it to the things of God. We committed it apart. But do you realize sanctification of your body means that your body is dedicated to God? All right? That's what it means. Uh, it is to be removed from profane or unholy, unclean things, uh, worldly things, uh, harmful things, destructive things, and to be dedicated to the things of God. But so is our soul and so is our spirit. <clears throat> Let me jump through this. <clears throat> to purify, to cleanse externally, to consecrate, to dedicate, uh, to free from sin, uh, to purify internally by renewing of the soul. And so if Paul is praying that this would happen to the uh, Thessalonians or Thessalonians, <laughs> just the way he's brought that. that means that it wasn't complete yet. All right? And so when Jesus died on the cross, he said it is finished, right? And so what was finished was his mission of paying the penalty for sin Everything that was necessary for your sanctification was accomplished. It's finished on the cross. Right? It's absolutely true. But the Bible also teaches that God himself is still working on your sanctification. Because when Jesus said it was finished, that wasn't the end of the story, was it? Because then they buried him, right? And then he rose from the dead. Well, that's pretty important. <laughs> And then something else happened. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to, to, to work us through this process of sanctification. He is the one actively involved. And so it is the application. This is super duper important. Okay? Everybody say super duper. <laughs> All right? <clears throat> that it is applying the finished work of the cross to our body soul, and spirit. That's sanctification. Okay, It's taking what Jesus accomplished, because we can't forgive our sins. We can't pay the penalty of sin. All right? that, that penalty was already paid. We cannot earn forgiveness. It was already earned for us in Jesus' death. But we can uh, appropriate. We can apply. We can take what Jesus accomplished and then put it into our lives so that then we benefit from what Christ accomplished. And that is what, what the inward journey is really all about. <clears throat> uh, taking what Christ accomplished and working it out. And, uh, and it is to, uh, to be applied to our soul, our spirit, and our bodies that all three of them would be preserved blameless until Christ comes back. Alright. <clears throat> and so let's see. We have a spirit According to this scripture, we have a soul and we have a body. Um, everybody pretty convinced they have a body? Anyone without a body here? We're all, we all have a body, all right? We're, we're pretty convinced of that. <clears throat> we all have a soul. So the soul is our mind. This, so you can, you can, I've studied this seriously in quite in depth over the years both in the Greek and Hebrew. I don't have time to go through all the words that are used and how they uh, align. This is a simple, uh, succinct summary of it. But the soul basically means your mind, 
your emotions, and your will. Okay? All right? <clears throat> Everybody has a soul. Um, and everyone has a spirit, but this, and, and each, our body, soul, and spirit can be in different conditions. All right? Um, so the goal of the inward journey and the goal of sanctification is that the body, soul, and spirit are all um, sanctified and preserved whole and blameless. <clears throat> okay? And so just like you have your body, and some people's bodies are really fit. Right? You know? You think of somebody that's just, you look at them and go, jeez. No. Shelton, is he? <laughs> Shelton, dude, you. Hot. What can we say? <laughs> you know, what gets me are the guys who never work out, but they look like they work out all the time. You know, I just want to hit them. <laughs> but I won't because they beat me up. <laughs> so, you're like, Wow, how do they do it? You know, they're just, there's my, my college roommate. I mean, he could have been a GQ model. Uh, he was just, he never went to the gym. He never did anything. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but he just, genetics, you know. Um, and uh, I pretty much look like I did then. <laughs> they had more hair back then. <laughs> uh, I rode my bicycle thousands of miles. Um, and so some people just have a body that's stronger, and some people, you know, we have bodies that have, have problems. Some people have broken bodies, uh, disabled bodies, soul, your mind, your heart, your emotions, your will. Uh, some people are really strong. Some people are really mentally uh, 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 powerful, or they have a strong soul, uh, uh, strong and soulish areas, but maybe their bodies are weak. <laughs> and then we have this issue of our spirit. And that is the least, like, the least understood <clears throat> of the three. Because everybody understands, at least can, can understand to a degree, their body because they have one. So I need, I need five volunteers. <clears throat> All right. And so uh, the first volunteer is Pat. <laughs> Pat thanks, Pat. <clears throat> Pat, how's your knee? Do, do you need a chair to sit down? No, okay. Because you're going to be standing for a bit. <clears throat> And you two, Marissa, you're the next two volunteers, <laughs> if you don't mind. So Pat looks like God. <laughs> so he's going to represent the heavenly realm, okay? The things that have, so God, but also just the heavenlies. And uh, uh, William here, he's going to be a, a, the spirit, a person's spirit. Huh? Richard, I'm sorry. What did I say? William, sorry. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> You're going to be uh, soul, all right? So mind, uh, will, and emotions, <clears throat> all right? And I need a body. She, he raised his hand. Shelton, come on up. <laughs> oh, no, you're actually soul. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Spirit, soul, body. Right, body. <clears throat> okay, need one more. One more. Who wants to be the world? All right, come on up, Danny. <clears throat> Danny, this is my sister-in-law. This is my wife's sister, younger sister. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, just to explain this, heavenly realm, things of God, things of the spirit, uh, man's spirit, 
uh, soul, body, uh, soul being the, the, the mind, the, soul, uh, the emotions, the will, all of that, uh, the body, appetites, uh, uh, physiology, <coughs> you know, uh, uh, hormones, you know, muscles, <laughs> genetics, and in the worldly realm, and this represents uh, basically not only like the earth and trees and sunsets and sunrises, but people, as well as worldly ideas, worldly systems, uh, uh, and so that's a big, you're like a big aspect of, of what this, and you're you're like the big of heaven. But you three stand together, because <clears throat> you three are actually, this is a, a representation of humanity, okay? <clears throat> so, <clears throat> when, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, right, this humanity was whole, complete. And, uh, you know, whatever, I don't know what you know about the garden, but God would walk with Adam and Eve through the garden, right? And, uh, and so heaven was on earth in a way then that we don't experience it now, okay? There, was, there were trees that, uh, that had, if they ate, they had life, the tree of life. What is that, you know? And the, and the serpent was able to talk to, to Adam and Eve, uh, Eve at least, and they didn't, you know, they weren't shocked. Would you be shocked if a serpent started talking to you? <clears throat> so we know that it, it was an existence far beyond what we experience. But what happened in that, well, the Bible says that the day you eat of that fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die. All right, we all know the story. They ate, Eve ate, uh, and then Adam, who was with her, ate, and they died. There was a death there, but their body didn't drop over dead. What happened was the spirit of the person died. So you need to pretend like you died. <laughs> you feel like it. <laughs> All right. So, so he's dead. Why don't you just close your eyes? You're dead. You're dead. Uh, and so there's a, there's a disconnect between the heavenly realm and the rest. All right. And so this is what humanity was like and is like. And this is what every person is like until they come into saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All right? Uh, <clears throat> let me uh, have some verses here that I want to read. <clears throat> so I have to my notes. All right. So this is how the world happens when, when the soul no longer receives from God through the Spirit. All right? This disconnect causes the soul to primarily focus this way. So it's kind of turn. And so you're getting stuff from the body, and the body gets stuff from the world. Right? So most, most of our bodies survive on stuff from the world. Right? Like what we eat <laughs> and we breathe. Okay? And so all of creation is made to teach us spiritual truths. And the truths are that our bodies feed off of what we receive from the world, and then our souls are dependent on our body uh, to, uh, for their existence. And this other part of us, the spirit, is dead. And so the soul can't get what it's supposed to get from the spirit and becomes, uh, over time, has become our whole world, our whole society is geared toward our souls uh, receiving from the world. 
Now, uh, what's happened is once we become saved, we come back to life. All right. So the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This new creation is like made new, a whole new species, as it were. Um, and so when someone gets saved, bam, they come to life. All right. But they're weak. Because they've been dead. Honey. All right. So sit in the chair. <clears throat> How many have been laid up in bed for a, a, a few weeks or a few months? My daughter had a broken arm and when she was little. And so for two or three months, she, she had a cast. I don't know how long it was. Weeks. It was a long time. And when they finally took off the cast, she was really looking forward to it, to get that thing off. But then she couldn't move it. Like she, she didn't have any strength at all. And she, it was actually worse, worse than having the cast because now she could barely move it and it hurt. And it took weeks and weeks and weeks. And, those, and that's the state of a person's spirit. Yes, he's alive. Okay? But he's atrophied. Okay? Now, <clears throat> 90 to 95% of Christian teaching on discipleship and uh, um, uh, uh, spiritual growth is about constraining the body, the body's appetite, and putting limits. Don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And really, the majority of Christian teaching, I'm to step up a little bit so I can get behind you. Uh, the majority of all teaching and books on discipleship and spiritual growth focus on the soul and the mind, okay? Uh, there's just such an emphasis in uh, Christian teaching that Christians are walking around with like super strong, go, you're a bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, right? If you're a good Christian, you've memorized a whole bunch of Bible verses, you know a lot of stuff about Christianity, you know the right way to answer different things, and so you have a really strong soul. But there is virtually no teaching or understanding on how to grow a person's or mature a person's or to sanctify a person's spirit. But that's really out of place because it is through the spirit that we connect from God. All right? We are intended to receive from God through our spirit, reconnected with God. This is what it says. It says we were, we were, uh, <clears throat> we're, we're born again. Uh, that is Christ, he, he explains it, Christ, that God was in Christ reconciling the world or, or people that were separated from him to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, he is, and then he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So the, the, Jesus comes in and brings them back to life and reconciles a person's spirit to God. All right? But we need to learn how to grow our spirits. <clears throat> Bear with me. How would you grow and mature and strengthen your body? Exercise. Eating right. Anything else? Rest. Very good. All right. And so where do you get food? Yeah. Where do you exercise? Somewhere in the world. In the gym, go running, you know, recreation. Boating, I was drove by, there was a frozen lake, and people were out on the lake. It was 18 degrees. 
this morning. I don't know why they do that. <laughs> but they get something out of it. Fish underneath. Uh, yeah, I know, but if you go to Myers, get fish. <laughs> How do you exercise your soul, your mind, your emotions, your will? Huh? How would you exercise your mind? Reading. Thank you. What else? Thinking. <laughs> Interacting with people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, so you read books, you memorize, you know, there's good books, there's lots of ways to, to go to, to, you know, teaching, and that's good, that's important, you want to exercise. So, <clears throat> uh, those, that's pretty easy answers. How do you exercise your spirit? Boom, boom, give them all my way. Did you hear that? Worship. Now, the soul and the body is involved in worship and prayer, and in fact, if you're not doing it right, <laughs> you can actually just pray and worship out of your mind, all right? But there's an aspect of engaging God in the heavenly realm with your spirit, that that's what we're going for. We're not just singing the words of a song, we're not just hearing them, but we're having our spirit, something is happening to the aspect of our spirit, okay? Uh, I would also say uh, hearing God's voice, right? So when you hear God speak, we actually teach in our, in our prophetic uh, teaching classes how to not prophesy out of the soul. And if you're prophesying out of your soul, it's bad, okay? Because you're saying, thus says the Lord, but it's not the Lord, it's you. It's just your soul part. And some people have really big honking souls. All right? And so they think they're hearing God, but they're really taking some biblical verses and intuition. Intuition is here. Okay? And you can, you can be a non-Christian and have intuition. They can know things that they can... How did they know that? Because they, they have a gift of discernment. But it's, their spirit is still dead. So that they're not really discerning God. They're just discerning stuff actually from the world. Here's another little dynamic I want to add into this. If your spirit's dead or weak, guess what? Another spirit can just step in here. Go, hi. Guess what? I think you should not who, what, who am I representing? The devil, right? And demon spirits. All right? So if, a demon, if your spirit is dead, then it's like free reign. Demonic spirits can come in and say all kinds of things, or worldly influences can come in and corrupt how you think, how you feel, and your will, how you make decisions. But if even a Christian, if their spirit is weak, they, they, can't, they can't push me away. All right? If there's not a good connection between the spirit and the soul, then another spirit can come in and negatively influence that. All right? <clears throat> and then, uh, so, so <laughs> I'm trying to squeeze so much stuff in here. Does that make sense? <clears throat> All right? And so this connection, eventually, as you, as you worship, as you pray, as you, uh, as you take the things you learn from God... And, and get them deep into your spirit. Uh, 
uh, and interact with God and learn how to make spirit-to-spirit connection. If you if you around us long enough, you'll hear, especially my wife, she loves to do this. She, she'll say, I want to bless your spirit. Let me look into your eye. And we'll say things like, I just bless your spirit. I, I pray that I invite your spirit to come to the forefront in front of your, your soul and your mind and your body to be in unity and union with, with your, the spirit of God uh, in heaven. And, and so that speaking a blessing on a person's spirit goes past the mind and uh, into a person's spirit, and it can really energize. I've, had this, I've seen this change people's lives, just speaking to their spirit and calling that spirit forward to the front. Because, yeah, why don't you stand up? Because <clears throat> the proper order of a human, human is, that, uh, is that the spirit is in right connection with the soul and mind, which then is in right connection with the body, okay? And then the body, we were reconciled. God's given us the word of reconciliation and committed to us the word of reconciliation. So now we are ambassadors of, uh, for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you or the world on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And so we, through our bodies, are to be reconciling the world to God. All right? And this is like, this is when it's really working good. Okay, but let's go one more level, okay? So you can let go of that hand, you can let go of that hand. I want you three to form a triangle with your backs together. Boy, that's, that's spatial reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you don't have to hold hands. <laughs> okay, and so, <clears throat> so, okay, heaven, come over here. World, you're, why don't you face them? <clears throat> and so... So this, this now is a healthy human. It has all three parts. Um, and sometimes heaven will touch the uh, spirit. And that's the primary conduit, right? But you know what? <clears throat> heaven can, once you just rotate this way, there you go. <clears throat> heaven can, how would heaven touch, touch her? How might that, what might that be? Okay, so a heavenly inspired laughter. I was on the floor uh, many times, actually. Clueless, why? But laughing uncontrollably or weeping. We hear stories of revival where people will fall down under the power. People would walk in to uh, some of the some of the revivalists. They would uh, they were uh, uh, Wilberforce and, and and Wigglesworth guys like that would go into a factory. And people would just fall down on the ground repenting. Why is that? Because Wilberforce had such a strong spirit in connection with the Holy Spirit that when you walk into a place, you're carrying the spirit with you. Okay? And so the spirit would affect someone else's uh, uh, emotions, or there can be a direct impartation of revelation. All right? Um, uh, <clears throat> in the same way, uh, why don't you turn? Let's turn, rotate a little bit. Okay. If anybody were, there you go. You can actually face them. <laughs> so God can touch a person's body. What might that look like? Healing. healing. Yeah, we want that. We want supernatural healing. It doesn't come through how we understand something. It doesn't come through something uh, we accomplish. It's just we present, connect with God, and so there can be direct body. 
Another thing is, is manifestations, okay? And if you're new here, if you, if you came to the Revival Weekend, you may have seen some a little bit. But that's when people get touched in a way and they fall over. You know, the Bible is filled with stories of people falling over as though they were dead, shaking, trembling. Um, and those are, our bodies are being touched by the heavenly realm. And if God, the creator of the universe, touches your body, it's amazing you live. It's not amazing that you shake. It's amazing. You're, it, he, you're insulated. God just touches a little bit. Okay? Like Moses said, I want to see your glory. He said, well, if you see my glory, you're going to die. I'll put you in a cave, and I'll let you see the after go. All right? So his body, and then what happened to him? Uh, when he was on the mountain, Moses was on the mountain for 40 days in the presence of God. Right? He didn't eat for 40 days. You can do that. But he didn't drink. You can't do that. That is physically impossible. But he came down not only healthy, he was glowing. So bright that they put a bag over his head. Right. <laughs> that is possible for humans. God is not a respecter of persons. How many want their body to be so exposed to the presence of God that they glow? Come on. It's biblical. It doesn't happen very often. All right, a couple other things. <clears throat> and so the world is dependent on us as humans receiving freely both our spirit, our soul, and our mind from heaven, normally through our spirit man, uh, to then reach out and touch the world and communicate the grace and the things of God to the world. But it goes the other way. We can have things from the world. So what can we take from the world? See, there's, a, there's an error in thinking uh, that's been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> but the error is everything in the world's bad and everything in heaven is good and you need to just get rid of the world you know what that's that doesn't work because your body would die all right and God, who created the world and when he got done creating what did he say about it yeah. that's good he said i did a good job that's pretty good yeah. <laughs> and so we are to redeem the good of the world. There was one song we sang today, something about the sunlight. You know, I see you in the sunlight. I can't remember the exact words. Uh, but I, and this goes to our pathways that I talked about last year. And so a creation pathway is really high for me. When I go for a walk out in the woods alone, especially, I connect with God through my body. All right, by seeing things in the world. When I eat something really good and I say, oh, God, thank you for that. My body, how many, how many souls can we can, our, our soul, how many get happy sometimes when they have a nice a donut from, from Bullseye Marketplace? Huh? That's, our, that's our soul being blessed, our body being happy. And if we're in right relationship, our spirit then uh, will thank God. And so gratitude and thankfulness go this way, right? And influence and holiness and, and purity go this way. We can purify the world. We can also redeem the world uh, in this message of, of, of restoration. Um, there's one other. Oh, here's another one. Here's something that's cool. <clears throat> Soul face God. Soul, wake up. <laughs> okay, and that's kind of 
Both of you. So was thinking. <laughs> How many have heard this thing called speaking in tongues? Huh? <clears throat> let, me, let me read. So Paul says this about speaking in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, it's okay. But you can if you're a Christian. Um, <clears throat> it's not hard. But Paul explains it. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Oops. Spirit. <laughs> spirit. Come over this way. Rotate this way. Yeah, or that way. <laughs> keep going, keep going, but you got it. Keep going, keep going. You, spirit face me. Richard, thank you. Or William. <laughs> he says, when I pray in a tongue, where's the tongue? Oh, it's in the body, right? So you have the, the tongue. When I pray in a tongue, uh, I will pray with the spirit. Uh, my, uh, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. This is weird. What's the conclusion? I will pray in the spirit, and I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit. I will also sing with understanding. Uh, so what's happening here, this is where your spirit is using your body to connect with the heavenly realm. And through that, you get a blessing. Uh, uh, another place says uh, uh, that uh, you, uh, uh, if you pray in a, in a tongue, you edify yourself. It's the only place in Scripture, it's the only thing in Scripture that you can edify, build up yourself, that actually uses that terminology. And so you, you make yourself stronger when your spirit joins with your body and your mind is like, la -dee 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 -da -dee -da. because no man, so when a person prays in tongue, no man understands him. He speaks mysteries to God. Okay? Only God understands him. Unless someone is given a gift of interpretation. But the primary use of tongues is to develop actually this guy. The more you speak in tongues, it's, it doesn't build your body. And it doesn't really build your understanding. Reading the Bible, memorizing verses, reading good books. Builds your understanding. What builds us up? Speaking in tongues is one of the best ways. Worship and prayer, powerful ways. <clears throat> okay, any questions? Yes. So, how do you know if you're prophesying out of the spirit? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to search through my files. We have whole teachings on this. <laughs> Um, uh, you, you need to learn to discern uh, where the source is coming from. The source being, is this is something I'm picking up? Uh, you know, if, if if it's generally, if it's if you know the person, it's real easy to yeah. do soulish prophecy. Um, and uh, it's it's. The stronger your spirit is, the better able you are to discern. Is this just something I suspect? And generally, um, if you like, if if the intention of it uh, is, you know, I think this person needs to get. If it's coming out of your mind, out of your out of your emotion, uh, it's usually got an edge to it. That is not edification, exhortation, or comfort. It's more of condemnation, 
or <clears throat> control or manipulation. And so that's your spirit trying to influence, uh, your soul trying to influence another person and learning how to, to not rely on that. And, and a big part of it is we tell people <clears throat> to, uh, you're not there to prophesy over people, you're there to hear God. And so if you learn how to hear God well, and then you just repeat, I, I sense that God is saying this. I don't know what it means. But this is, and, and it's like, I don't really understand this. Uh, but if you get this, you know, a lot of times a soulish prophecy is coming out of something that you feel strongly about, something that is, you're passionate about, and it's really coming out of here rather than a, a revelation. Uh, if you go through our, our prophetic training, we, we really go into greater depths in that. That's a great question. And part of it, you know, part of the answer would be just, you got something to add to that? Oh, yeah. Take that course, because if you learn the right way to hear God's voice, then you won't be thinking intuition and... Uh, Suspicion, you know, you you won't rely on that thinking it's prophecy if if you learn how to how to hear God's voice. Yeah. Edify literally means to be built up. It's it's the word an edifice is a building, and so it's putting framework and foundation and framework and roofing. It's building a building. And so strengthening, edifying. And so every uh, prophetic word, uh, all prophecy is for edification, exhortation. That's stirring up. That's saying, come on, you can do it. It's, you know, uh, and comfort. Uh, And so I think every prophecy should be comforting as well as edifying, as well as exhorting. Does that make sense? Uh, Any other questions about how this all works? Yeah. Yes. I think that uh, this is a good question. I've thought about this a long time. What would that look like? I think uh, uh, we had this kid, this is years ago, and I, I don't know about your son that passed away recently, but we had a young man, uh, 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 remember his name? Uh, um, folks that moved to Indiana. Um, and he was mentally handicapped, okay? John. Huh? Aliman, yeah, John Aliman. And uh, he was mentally handicapped. He was, I don't know, maybe six-year-old mentally. But my word, and I've, I've seen it with your kids, when, when there's worship, they are engaged. Okay? Um, there's, a, there's a wives' tale, old wives' tale on the phone, you can leave if you want, uh, um, that children, uh, I'm not saying this is biblical or true, but there's a wives' tale, right? That children, un- until they can start speaking, can see angels. All right? I happen to believe it because my kids did stuff that was crazy. You know? I'm like, what is going on there? But once someone, why, what, what, what changes when you, when, you, uh, when you can talk? Your soul now is at a level of activity. Uh, there's, there's, Jesus says, uh, a, chi- a, a, 
a, a young person don't, I can't quote it exactly, but uh, speaking of children, that their angel is always in the face of God, a child's angel. What does that mean? I, I don't know. <laughs> but Jesus said it, so there's some truth to it. So there's some connection between an infant and children with, with God. Even I'm not saying they're saved. I'm just saying God, the heavenly, kind of is connected to them in some way. But their, their soul, their mind, they don't know. So I think, yeah, I think some people can have really strong spirits, but can be uneducated or emotionally uh, uh, handicapped, um, but very spiritually alive. Uh, and so it's actually a sweet and beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. The body Encouraging. affecting the spirit and the soul. Right, so like, it seems a little desperate to feel like I've got to build up my spirit. But if someone is encouraging you, it's a great way. We can, you can, what's that? Everybody needs a partner. Yeah, yeah, an encourager, son of encouragement. And so someone else through their body can come up, and I can come up. And since you're all one, if I hug the body and you're connected, I can actually bless a person's spirit. That's why I'm speaking their spirit or I can bless their soul, their emotions. But you know what? <clears throat> For me, walking out in the woods alone or if, if I go too long without exercising, I get depressed. All right. And I, then, you, then it's really hard because you don't want to exercise because you're depressed. <laughs> and you just have to go through this thing. You, you think you'd learn after... 55 years, you know, if you just do it regularly, you won't get depressed, but you know, life happens, and pretty soon, I'm all, this part of me is like, you know, but so exercise actually affects your soul, which then can make it easier for your spirit, too, because if your depression, I think, happens when the, the spirit, depression happens in a lot of different ways, it can be just a physiological problem, chemical disorder. But if your spirit is weak and not getting truth and life and hope coming through your spirit to your soul, uh, it's, it's going to wear you down. Just like if you're not eating well or, or exercising well and having good relationships with the world. I, I went to this one guy, he called up the church. He says, I'm having a hard time. Could you come and minister? I didn't even know who he was. And so I'm like, occasionally... Usually I'll say, I'm sorry, I can't come to church. I'll do this. But something said, yeah, go see this guy. He needed money. So I went, and he was living in this little house in one room, and the walls were painted like cardboard color. <laughs> so I'm like, they may have been coated with cardboard. I don't know. It was a tiny little room, and he never left his room. And he wouldn't come out of the house or anything. It was like, he said, I just feel so depressed. I'm like, of course you're depressed. You're living in a box. Get, get, just get out of the house. I, I, I don't have anything to do. Walk down the street. You know, do anything. But he was so, so his body actually caused 
because he was stuck in that place. And then, of course, it's a, it's a cycle. So, yeah, your body can influence your soul and your spirit. Absolutely. And if your spirit is strong, you can influence people significantly. I've had people come in my, sit down with me and talk with me, and I know that they're in my bubble. Okay? Because they understand everything I'm saying. You know, this couple that were, didn't know any better, they fell in love, uh, they came and made an appointment, talk about marriage, I find out they're living together. Right? I'm like, whoa, 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 what? How'd that happen? They're in my church, okay? <laughs> he got saved. I mean, everything was going great. And they just didn't know, right? They, they, they really just didn't know that, that that wasn't what they were supposed to do. It wasn't healthy. It wasn't good for the best for them. And so during that time, I was able to explain to them why it wasn't the best and how to health, healthily, in a healthy way, I'm really going over it. You can leave if you want. Uh, you, how to get out of it in a way that will be best for everyone. And they were 100% in agreement. They were like, wow, Pastor, thank you so much. We're going to do that. They walked out of the office, and I never saw them for months and months. And I found out through people. They chose to stay living together. The next time I saw them was, well, it was, it was scary. It was when he died. He got in a car accident. I went to the hospital. He died. Young guy. Still grieve him. You know, sad. He was in my bubble. If he did what I would told him to do, he'd be alive. Most likely. Because he wouldn't have been living where he was living and he wouldn't have gotten in an accident that he got in. Just saying. I'm not saying he did it. I'm not saying he died because he didn't obey me. I'm just saying that's, that's what happened. All right. Uh, there's consequences, all right? So if you have a really strong spirit, if your spirit man is really strong, now you can have a strong mind and influence people. Not always for good, yeah. yeah. And you can have a strong body, right? Force people to do stuff or scare people, right? But when you have a strong spirit, you walk in a room and the spirit changes. That's what we're called to. That's bringing heaven to earth. You walk in the room and the atmosphere changes because you have a direct connection with God. When you walk in the room, God's there. Wherever your feet shall tread, right? The kingdom of heaven is within you, within your reach. Right? So Father, we just pray that you would sanctify us, body, soul, and spirit, and then we would learn how to walk this out in a way that is really fruitful. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Sorry for going so long. Our prayer team is available if you need prayer yeah, for your body, for your soul, or for your spirit. <laughs> and for your, for your body, there's coffee and donuts. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for being so uh, uh, tolerant of my lengthy meanderings. Thank you.